0: Hello fellow equestrians, this is a podcast about all things equine, hosted by Gabrielle Goldenbogen, myself, and Brianna Lucci. Hi. The podcast is called More Leg, because, hey, when in doubt, you always need more leg. Yeah, so Gabby and I run
1: an equine business, it's called Jumpstart Equestrian. Um, we do horse training, lessons. PEMF therapy, also known as MagnaWave. We show horses. We teach people how to show horses. We can do, I mean, pretty much anything that's desired. Agreed. And uh, yeah, Gabby, tell us about uh, your experience in the equine world.
0: Um, It's way too much to say in (laughs) a short form. Uh, We'll go with, I've been a professional groom, trainer, instructor for a very long time now. I might be young, but I have dedicated my entire life to equine studies, so that's uh, me in a nutshell. Yeah,
1: I uh, I have less experience than Gabby, but just as much heart. <laughs> um, I've been writing since I was in college, um, and yeah, I'm basically just like the apprentice to Miss Gabby Goldenbogen. My young grasshopper. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And, um, business-wise, I handle the, um, boring stuff, like the money and the, uh, logistical scheduling shenanigans, um, and Gabby heads all the horse stuff, and I'm just learning as I go.
0: Yeah, we have a we have a really fun time. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about purchasing your first horse and what to look for and who to trust and how to go about it. Uh, we actually have one of our lovely human beings here as a guest uh, on today's episode. Her name is Victoria, and uh, she's going to kind of be in the position of the beginner. That's learning all these fun things,
2: Vicky, Tell us about yourself. Hi, guys. My name's Victoria. Um, I'm new to horses. I've been riding now for a couple of years, and I'm really interested in uh, wanting to know what does a person need to look at when buying the first horse. And another question is, when do you think um, is best for for a new rider or someone who's been riding for only a couple of years um, uh, to purchase a new horse or the first time horse? So yeah that's a a long-winded and
1: complicated answer but uh, we will mainly Gabby will try to answer it and I'll just give my two cents when I feel like it's necessary which is probably never but I'm never going to stop talking.
0: Yeah or when I decide to use industry terms that uh, a lot of people and beginners don't understand, apparently.
1: And then we'll be like, hey, what, what does that even mean? And then, and then she'll explain.
0: Yeah. So we're going to go with the first question, um, and that's how how do you buy your first horse? Like, what's your checklist when you go and look at the horses that you're potentially going to purchase? So
1: first and foremost, I would say, what do you want the horse for? Um, That's a a good question that I think everyone should ask themselves um, because it depends. Are you wanting to do trail rides? Are you wanting to take it in the hunter, jumper, show circuit? Do you want just something you can sit in a stall with and read a book next to? Like, are you looking for a buddy for your friend's horse or something? Like, yeah, pasture ornament to make your property look nicer, which that won't, that's not how it works, but (laughs) I get the thought. (laughs) (laughs) um they will ruin everything you love
0: (laughs) um you can't have nice things with horses yeah just know that now
1: yeah but regardless if you have the idea that a horse would look good in your uh, front yard sure so yeah know what you want the horse for once you know that
0: then you're gonna look at the fact of can you afford it So that's a big loaded question. Um, Everyone likes to tell you that horses are really expensive. Don't do it. Um, And I say if it's what makes you happy and what sets your heart on fire, do it. Uh, But definitely make sure you can afford it. You You can cut a lot of corners if you have a really good trainer, a really good mentor, I would say, that can kind of help and guide you. Um, but just know that you'll have to pay in vet bills, you'll have to pay as far as boarding if you don't have a place of your own to house the horse, um, or training if you're gonna keep it with your trainer kind of thing. Uh so just know all that up front.
1: Yeah, and I mean just to be specific, um, because we're diving into it anyways, like let's say in the a lot of people's situation, you don't have your own farm or a property, so you're gonna have to board it somewhere. Or send it to training and live with your trainer. Boarding, it depends on the type. There's a bunch of breakdowns. The general overview is like you could self-care board usually with some places. And that's like they provide the stall and maybe like feeding in the AM, Sawdust, Yeah, sawdust, maybe, maybe hay. It all kind of depends. Um, on the situation, but self-care, you basically, you're in charge of the stall, and cleaning it usually, you're in charge of most of the purchasing of things you need for the horse.
0: Yeah, and you can tend to get that cheaper, but when you look at the breakdown of everything, and when you're buying your own grain, and when you're buying your own hay, and and, and buying all the things that you need for your horse, it's almost just works out to have it in full care.
1: Yeah, well, then there's partial care, Yeah. which is... Uh, just a more intense version of self care. Usually, they'll provide the hay or the grain or whatever. Partial care is like half half care, and then you do the rest. Um, and then full care is exactly what it sounds like. Whatever facility you're at would provide the grain, the hay, the bedding. They usually do stalls for you. They handle the turnout. Like basically, you show up to enjoy your horse. You don't show up to like take care of it. Yeah. Barring any major emergencies yeah but just like daily care
0: and in some really unique situations there's you know awesome trainers that you get close with and you can work out something with them as far as work in exchange for a lesser board
1: yeah and like if you're wanting to go to training or have your horse go to training um or into a show barn the prices go up automatically unless like she said you work something out yeah
2: i was just wondering If someone's new to taking care of a horse, as if their own, would you suggest uh, maybe um, them leasing a horse first before actually purchasing one or what's your um, advice on that?
1: To lease or to purchase is a hard question. For a beginner, it's a hard question because are you taking lessons on your leased horse or are you wanting to ride by yourself? I really don't ever recommend a beginner ride by themselves.
0: Yeah, I highly don't recommend beginners riding by themselves.
1: It seems like a cheaper option to get ride time, but it's just dangerous.
0: It is. It is. I I would almost suggest to lease a horse first before purchasing.
1: But with a trusted With a trainer, trusted trainer. Someone that can help you in times of whatever's going on and take lessons on the horse and learn the horse. And then, yeah, if it's a safe horse and you're with a trusted person, then yes. But we really commonly see beginners that just see a horse for lease on Facebook and then go and lease the horse from a barn and a person they don't know. And the horse is like feral.
0: Yeah. They get dumped and we've heard all the horror stories. Yeah. So leasing is a hard,
1: it's a hard question um, because there are situations where it's really good and great and you get saddle time on a good horse but it's also really dicey which is the same with purchasing a horse
0: absolutely but I feel like as the beginner and as the person getting into the industry it's almost smarter to lease because one you don't have to deal with the vet bills two you don't have to deal with if that horse just up and colics and dies You don't have to, there's so much, um, there's so many variables that you don't have to worry about as a leaser.
1: And it is cheaper, objectively cheaper. It just has to be with the right barn.
0: Absolutely. The right
1: people, the right horse. So, yeah, and lessons from a trusted individual that knows what they're talking about.
2: Okay, so what would the, the breakdown checklist be when I go to a barn, I look, I look at a horse that's for sale, w- what am I looking at? How do I know if this horse is for me?
1: Well, in this case, you know what you want the horse for, so whatever, yeah, let's say it's a trail riding horse. You're going to be looking for, if it's a horse that you want to take on trail rides, something sane, something sound. Maybe it's like a not super hard mover. You want something comfortable to take on the trails.
0: For sure. And I would say first thing, going into the barn, looking at the horse, make sure somebody can ride that horse or showcase what it's supposed to be doing, like what they're selling it for and what you need it for. Make sure somebody at that barn that's already handled that horse and knows that horse gets on that horse or does what they need to do with that horse first. Before you ever decide to climb on or or handle the horse at all.
1: Yeah, and like also when you first walk in, are they pulling the horse out of a stall and it looks like it was just eating its, you know, morning hay? Or is it like standing tied in the arena, sweating, panting? I mean, like it just ran for a really long time.
0: That's yeah, that's immediate red flag there. And, and definitely um, just look at the temperament immediately. Some horses are already kind of mopey-dopey horses that are, are, you know, broke. But a lot of the times you have to watch out when buying, I would say, a cheap horse or on a cheaper end horse. We're talking anywhere from $3,000, $5,000 and below uh, if they're drugged or not. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, we have a lot of... um, what like to call themselves industry professionals that drug horses just to make a quick flip and a quick sale and, and don't care about the repercussions or the outcome of when you get that horse home.
1: Yeah. It's all about making a pretty penny
0: very quickly. Yeah. And what are the
1: signs of a drugged horse?
0: So the signs of a drugged horse is going to be like kind of a lethargic acting horse. You might see a droopy lip, which horses, some horses do naturally. We have a whole barn full, like half of our horses just droop their lip. But um, if they just kind of have glazed over eyes and um, sweating, uh, not being able to really stand on their legs very well, those are all signs to look for, uh, and a drugged horse and um, have someone always get on those horses first, but see if you can excite the horse at all and get a flag out or something, you know, rattly or or exciting to kind of make the horse more alert Uh, just to see if you can do that one. And um, if they don't, uh, they're either extremely bomb proof and broke as a joke and have been sacked out or, They're drugged. Describe what sacked out means, please. Okay, so sacked out is just basically another term for desensitizing, um, just throwing everything at your horse to make them less reactive uh, and shy. So you mean,
1: like, the horse could go into a parade tomorrow and it would be completely fine. Yeah, yeah. And you could, like, take it and go run some barrels and then take it on a leisurely trail ride. Right. And it's fine. Or a bomb could go off, hence bomb-proof, next to the horse. And it would just be like, huh, okay.
0: Yeah, and there are horses like that out there, so I'm not trying to say. But most of the time, those horses aren't going for under $5,000. Okay, so you show up at this barn where you're wanting to purchase this horse, and it's got green snot running out of its nose, and it's coughing. Um, What do you do? So, one of my things would be ask the seller uh, if they have whereabouts of how this happened or or what they're doing to help this situation or if they've had a vet come look at it, yada yada. Um, I would look at the horse's eyes, look see if they're draining a whole lot. A lot of the times if it's in the summer and it's really hot and buggy out, you're going to find a lot of weepy-eye horses, especially if you're looking at an older, safe horse. Um, it's very common, so don't let that deter you. Uh, just really talk with the seller and make sure that it's just an allergy thing that can be medicated and and the horse will be fine. And they just need a fly mask and, and you know, you take all the proper precautions. Um, but definitely if it just looks like a sick horse like a sick person would look i would have doubts
1: yeah and it's i want to clarify too runny eyes is one thing but having like colored snot or boogers coming out of its nose is another thing because horses do have like clear discharge come out of their nose like that's pretty normal yeah it's very normal it's just that's just is um, but if it's like a colored like a green or like a yellow like thick like booger consistency um, that is something to note and if they're coughing some horses like older ones will if you're like working them will cough for a couple coughs at the beginning of like a ride or like a work session I'd say that's decently normal
0: right yeah I would say it's fairly normal and especially depending on where you're riding the horse. Like yeah. if it's in a stuffy arena, yeah. I would expect them to cough almost. Yeah. yeah. But
1: if they're like standing in the stall and they're hacking, it's something to note. I mean that it could also be allergies. Yes. It could be a lot of things. It really it's just something to note and uh, that's definitely when you want to get a PPE if you are like dead set on that horse.
0: For sure, because they'll take a blood sample and they'll see if the white cell count is spiked as in if it had an infection of some sort. Um, But if it's just an allergy case, that can be cleared up and that's, you know, it's a pain, but it's not death.
2: I was wondering if we could also talk about price in terms of... um, Am I buying a horse that is worth the price the seller has put up? Or is this horse um, Uh. not worth the money? Or um, how how do I know? How can I judge the uh, Mm. price point? Yeah, Yeah, like how how do you know if you're getting got? Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like how do I know, yeah, I'm getting a good deal. Yeah. Like I'm happy, you know, some... Buyers are happy to pay good money, but they want to know if this horse is worth it. And how do we know that? Yeah. And we've
1: um, certainly had clients that paid what they thought was a fair price and um, was actually astronomical for what the horse they were purchasing is worth.
0: Okay. So here's here's the big problem in this. So there's not like a, a Kelly Blue Book out there for horses. And where the standard should be like your car when you go to sell it you you just jot in all the information and it tells you the estimated price of what your car is worth there I don't think there is anything out there if we knew how to do it I would love to
1: set up a ho- Kelly blue book horse Kelly, edition. yes
0: yes you know what we might be on to something <laughs> we should cut this out of the podcast because someone's going to make this a thing um, so it's it's a really hard line, but I would say, is the horse meeting all of the goals that you want as its rider or owner? Um, anything I personally think that's rideable and safe and sound immediately should be more in the range. Like if you could put a kid on it, should be more around 5,000 or more.
1: Yeah. Unless it's older, like like older older or has like cushings or something that's treatable but
0: it needs maintenance and extra attention and things yeah. like that but if it's like
1: a decent age it's sound and you can throw a kid up there and it's totally fine yeah definitely five grand easy
0: easy um and so you you run into different things you can find deals yes where people are like i just got to get rid of this horse it's fine kind of thing you know three grand take it um, and we run into deals like that a lot. Uh, but most of the time, it's like, take this horse for 500 bucks. it bucks everyone off. Yeah. <laughs> so, definitely, I would say you get what you pay for. Sometimes you don't get what you pay for because horse people are swindlers. And they look at how much they can sell a horse for um, to beginners, specifically. When horse people know your first-time buyers, um, and we're not these kind of horse people, but I see it a lot in the industry. They go, ah, well, I'll crank it up an extra $2,000 because I saw that they pulled in in a Denali and they've got money, so they're going to buy this horse regardless kind of thing. So, and we've run into it with a lot of clients of ours where they've been sold horses for way too much when they could get a better horse for less. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really hard. And it's a hard answer because I can't really give the answer um, other than take a trusted professional with you.
1: Yeah. And if you can't, or you're trying to do it on your own or whatever the situation, and there's you, you're going at this by yourself. You can look online, Facebook groups, Dream Horse, and you can try to find a horse, same breed, same age. Can, in the description, can it walk, trot, canter? Can it do everything that this horse that you're looking at, can it Can it do those things? If so, look at the price and take notes. Um, but if it's like though, even
2: those ones are going for way cheaper, that's a big red flag. So if I found a horse for $5,000 what should that horse be able to do skill wise for hard. for example like
0: so uh, look looking at your basic consumer horses so we're talking about quarter horses stock horses um and even them they get really pricey when you start looking at their breeding and everything but a $5000 horse a grade horse we'll say it's a it's a mutt what does grade mean Grade means that you don't really know what's in the dang thing. It's just a grade horse. It just, you know, its mom could have been a Morgan Thoroughbred cross and its daddy was a Appaloosa. So they don't, no one knows. Nobody knows, yeah. And, uh, also not registered. Okay. Yes, grade is also not registered. So we're looking at a grade horse that's $5,000, yeah. okay? That horse should at least be suitable for trail walk trot canner Mm -hmm. and just has a overall decent manners handling wise on the ground. I would say is a $5,000 horse all day. Yeah. Yeah. Maneuver. Well, flexible, you know, and just, just walk trot canner. I mean, I'm not even thinking jumping, doing anything particular, um, That should be your basic $5,000 horse.
2: And what age would you recommend um, the buyer to look at? I mean, a five-year-old, a 12-year-old, you know, what's a good age for a first-time owner and beginner? Yeah. So I would
0: say particularly stay away from young horses Sometimes you can, I've seen really cool four and five year old horses that just like you get on them, you start them under saddle and they just, it's like they were born knowing how to be ridden and do all the things. Um, and that, at that point, you're looking at impeccable breeding, <laughs> um, very selective breeding. So you're looking at a more expensive horse at that point. So I would personally say looking at the eight, uh 15 16 year olds um in their teens a lot of people go with the 20 year olds i personally i think they're great if it's a kid that just needs something for a year or two that's a you know honest confident building horse you go with the older horses that are steady eddies and they know their job and they'll take you through it um and then look for your your next you know big big thing Yeah, um, stay away from young horses as a beginner, typically.
1: Yeah, but I do want to note, um, age doesn't equal politeness in horses. No. Like, at all. So, like, while, yes, stay away from young horses, but anything past a young horse, young being, what, like, up to five?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can have a 22-year-old that'll throw people for fun.
0: Just yeah, like sure. like it's
1: its job or something And then you'll have an 8 year old that is just like Like she said steady Eddie will just Solid. get the job done So like age is Important It yeah. is and definitely follow exactly what Gabby said But also like I wouldn't take age As the end all be all Of well behaved horses Because age does not equal well behaved For sure I mean the worst ones that we've had In training are older horses
0: yeah older like unstarted horses like, in their late teens.
1: like everyone that gets on them they throw off and then they end up with us because they're just like i don't know what to do with this horse <laughs> yeah whereas I, like
0: being started or not? yeah
1: they oh yeah horses? oh yeah riding horses yeah, at, at,
0: at one point in time they were yeah. a riding horse and then they just dump too many people and the family says oh well, we'll just feed it
1: <laughs> yeah they just keep it because they don't want to sell it because it's so cute and they love it so much
0: yeah well and partly because they really can't sell it yeah, safely. Yeah, it's feral, but like tamed
1: at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So like, age is eh. Age is eh. Is my answer to that. If you find a good one, that I would just go for a good one that meets what you need. Yeah, and has a mannerism. Even if like.
0: it's twenty three. Yeah, or if, if it's it was seven. well taken care of, and they just they they can no longer utilize the horse in whatever program they're doing or you know, don't want to see it get wasted in a lesson program where it's bored out of its mind and it still wants to thrive and show and just have a person,
2: do it. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the confirmation of a horse and what to look at when you're looking at um, the horse's body, mechanics, feet, hooves, legs?
0: Okay, so confirmation. Um, is really rather a big deal. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of the times you can have a confirmation issue and it not affect them a lot, but then you can also have a confirmation issue and it, it affect them pretty substantially. Um, so that's just in their soundness and their movement and, and how they go. Um, Confirmation. typically you want a horse with uh, the same amount of back as they do in their shoulder and hip angle. And that's going to be really hard for me to explain over this, but I would definitely suggest going and doing confirmation research. Just Google it, look at it, and they'll show you different diagrams. They're all out there on um, what a horse should look like based on confirmation
1: and it depends on the breed as well it does you know uh like gypsy vanners are mutton withered whereas like thoroughbreds tend to have a higher wither Yeah, just stuff like that i mean it just depends on also the breed of horse that you're looking at
0: yeah it depends on the breed and the discipline
1: yeah and uh also just kind of a side note on that know the difference between a gated horse and a non-gated horse. Please. Because if you don't know what a gated horse is and you watch it move, it looks insane and it looks lame and it's not, it's just gated. Um, So I would recommend looking at the difference um, like online and like researching that thoroughly. Um,
0: Yeah. Or you'll end up like our client. I love our client, but uh, they just bought a Tennessee walking horse because it was pretty and didn't realize what a gated horse was.
1: They are smooth. If you want a gated horse, there's a reason people take gated horses on trail rides because they're very smooth. Yes. Um, but they're n- like, there's a big difference. And you should definitely know that difference when you're watching a horse move, especially when you're about to buy.
0: For sure.
2: So, for example, you can't do dressage on a uh, Tennessee Walker. Yeah, you could
0: do like very low level. You couldn't do it at the gate. That's the thing. But uh, sometimes you can get those suckers to trot. Oh, really? So, like, theoretically, you could. Would you want to? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if that's your only choice and mom and dad aren't going to buy you another horse kind of thing, yeah. more power to you. It'd be cool to see a Tennessee
1: walker <laughs> like do well in dressage it would be
0: cool to see it yeah (laughs) right right it would be cool to see it but like I would feel so bad for that person that did the training and put the time in when it's like you could have just easily got yourself a thoroughbred and and done well (laughs) been
1: fine yeah confirmation question is hard but maybe the steps to that to answer that would be know what you want because when you know what kind of horse you want or what you want to do with the horse, you can usually find online or through a trusted trainer um, the like breed of horse you want to be looking for. And then you can research what a good confirmation is on that horse. It is hard, and I've struggled when I knew a lot less information. Whenever you try to look up horse information, you get met with horse lingo. What we were saying that Gabby always slips into is horse lingo and just like the language of the horse world. I can't help it. It's, it's hard not to. Because um, there is a word for everything, but it's it's very alien to people that aren't familiar with it. So I'd say just be patient, do your research, and maybe even save some like diagrams and photos on your phone. So whenever you have the horse in front of you, you can actually compare the confirmation of the horse in front of you to the ones that you found online.
0: Yeah, and and typically... Wherever you're going to purchase a horse from, if you ask them for confirmation photos, the way they set the horse up and send you those photos is going to tell you a lot of what you need to know. Because if they stand them up like a donkey, you know, you're probably dealing with people that also don't know what they're doing. Red flag. Yes. So also confirmation wise, you can have a horse that has a bowed tendon that's healed It's just the leg looks funny, but the horse is completely sound. Um, There's some horses that are a bit club footy um, and club foot. I'll explain that is just um, a foot that grows out kind of more straight, a hoof that grows out more straight um, than the other ones. It doesn't quite have the same angle, but you can work with your farrier on club feet. And as long as the horse moves sound, I would say you're you're doing pretty well um side note to that
1: um I would hope if you're buying a horse you know what a farrier is but if you do not it is a person who trims horses hooves they handle the shoes if the horse needs it farrier work is very important I joke that it's like a pedicure for horses but it's it's not really a pedicure it's like very honestly one of the most important things for their health because the shape of their feet completely determines how they move and really their health overall.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. So,
1: yeah, like Gabby was saying, you can fix a clubbed foot through just basic trimming with a knowledgeable and reliable farrier.
2: Absolutely. And isn't that saying, no hoof, no horse, uh, yeah. something to really consider and think about Yeah, seriously? You can't put a horse in a wheelchair. They need all of their legs. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when looking uh, at a horse to buy, and we're looking at their feet and their hooves, um, what are the what are the um, signs of these feet are good or these feet don't look good? I mean, what what should I be looking at to prepare myself?
0: So I would be first and foremost looking at clean legs. It, it just means their legs haven't had a shower. In a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're not clean. No. So clean legs are, can you see the definition of the legs? Can you see the tendons? Can you see like the ligaments in there? And you should be able to see them. No lumps, no bumps, no nothing that looks different from the other leg. That is a clean leg. So look for that. Um, a lot of the times, a lot of things can change. Like I talked about the bowed tendon. Um, I have a, horse with a bowed tendon and he's completely fine and recovered from it it just makes his leg look bad
1: and what about the feet like the hooves specifically
0: so hooves specifically you really cracking is very common it's not it's not a life or death thing um definitely have that reflect in the price of the horse i would say but it's not a make it or break it thing for me personally cracks can grow they can be fixed with a great farrier um so that's not my biggest concern but if the horse is unsound and and maybe it's because of an abscess abscesses can be treated that's not um a total deal breaker as well but they also shouldn't probably be selling a horse that's actively having an abscess but sometimes things happen what?
1: Okay, I know this is going to be a really loaded question. How do you describe soundness and how would a beginner tell if a horse isn't sound? Woof. That's so hard. So I'm still struggling with this for the record, and I stare at horses all day every day.
0: Yeah, and I've I've helped trained your eye. Yeah, it's still not solid though. It's so learning soundness and what it looks like correctly is very hard because honestly, most of the horses I look at, I see a blip of unsoundness, um, and I, I hate my eye. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time, but look for, it should be a rhythmic movement at all three gates. It should be very rhythmic, and if you see just a bob of their head up or down, uh, no bueno. As they're moving. Yes, Um, And they like at the walk, they kind of sway their head and stuff, but you don't want to see a dramatic up and down from their head in any of three gates.
1: You couldn't have seen it while she was talking and saying sway, but she was moving her head like left to right as a sway. (laughs) Um, That's a sway. It's like a slow left to right. That's casual. Um, An up and down movement. That's a little more like ouchy. It just kind of looks more. uh, What's the word? It looks more blunt yeah and just like short that's more of a pain response
0: yeah okay hooves um i would so have the seller pick up all four feet for you and let you watch uh because some horses are really terrible about picking up their feet Mm -hmm. um so do that i encourage you to do that question
1: then um as well, maybe to see if they're more tender-footed. Could you, would it be a good idea to have them walk on gravel?
0: Absolutely. Walk them on gravel, different terrain. Make sure that they're not extremely tender-footed. And that's also not a deal-breaker. So if they are tender-footed, you're just looking at spending more in shoes.
2: Okay, quick question. Um, what is your um, opinion on... Uh, barefoot versus ho- shoes. So
0: if you you get there and you see that the horse has shoes on or they prefer it barefoot it's either way for me honestly mm-hmm. if if a horse needs shoes it needs shoes case in point. And if you're getting a horse for exactly what you want and and that's that's what they need yeah. I, I would deal with it. That's my thing.
1: Yeah, I think when I hear that question, it sounds like there's a debate about having
0: shoes and not having shoes. But there's a debate in everything in the horse world.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying, I mean, to to you, and I mean, obviously, it's my opinion, because it's your opinion. <laughs> um, there's really, it's just what the horse needs. yeah. Because we had a one specific training horse that he was fine, and then he got on gravel, and it looked like he was about to fall on his face. Like, it hurt so bad for yeah. him to just walk over gravel. Yeah. We put front shoes on him. It was fine. The horse couldn't keep shoes on to save his life. That's a different story. Yeah. But... When he had them on, he could walk on gravel just fine. Yeah. Whereas, like, Gracie has had shoes on for a while, and she probably doesn't need them because... Or she must be healthier. She used to be way more tender-footed on the gravel, but she lost one of her shoes, and she's sound as a clown right now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And she sprung the
0: other one. So we're waiting for the ferry to get here, because it's just sprung enough that it's not bad. But... It needs taken off.
1: Yeah. So that's also the case in point. Jimmy used to be in shoes all the time and now he's barefoot all the time. It just, it's a health thing just as much as it's anything else. It's not really, I mean, we don't, you don't, and I get completely get your logic. I don't see it as like a debate. It's just like whatever the horse needs. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And is there a reason why some horses have shoes at at the front and no shoes at the back? Um, Wouldn't that make the horse a bit unbalanced because he's got the, the two shoes at the front, if you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, that's a very good question. I know what you mean, but actually, so horses carry like 75% of their body weight on their fronts. Yeah. And so that's why you see the tender footedness in the fronts typically and not so much the backs. They they will they can be tenderfooted in the back as well, but it's because all their weight's up there and it doesn't uneven them because your farrier, if it's a trusted, you know, good farrier, they know how to trim them to compensate for that and get them at the right angles and levels.
2: Would you recommend for the first uh, time horse buyer to bring a friend who's more knowledgeable about horses or maybe her riding instructor or her, uh, uh, trainer.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Bring a professional with you. Um, sometimes you have to pay for those professionals time as you should. Yeah.
1: Pay, you pay, you get what you pay for. Absolutely. And please pay for good advice.
0: Yes. Pay for good advice and, and pay for quality horses.
1: Yeah, I'd rather spend $10,000 on a horse that's going to be a good, solid, healthy horse than spend $1,000 on a horse I might have to spend another $30,000 in vet bills on because that seriously happens.
0: Absolutely. All the time. Yeah. So take a trusted professional. If your friend is has been in it for a long time and you know feels very confident and you feel confident in them that they're not going to steer you the wrong direction, so be it. But definitely take someone with you
1: yeah and don't be afraid to ask questions and ask for all of these things it gets really hard and awkward as we've experienced in our people that come out to see horses we're selling or we go out to see horses that they're selling it feels very invasive to be like hey can I see it walk on gravel or like hey I need it to like I would like you to do this it just it feels weird because we're both Gabby and I are both people pleasers and it's hard to be like I like your horse but I don't trust you That's kind of what it feels like you're saying But like I would say give yourself a pep talk Before you walk in and like just ask those questions Because they are worth Literally so much money yeah. That you could save by just heartache. Yeah heartache everything Because it's so easy to walk into a horse sale And see a horse that's like a pretty palomino And oh yeah It's feet are a little bad but it's so cute And it's just looking at me like it needs me mm-hmm. And then you go home with it and now you're Obsessed with a horse that's going to Wreck you financially.
0: Don't be a bleeding heart.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, we know a lot of them. I used to be one. Gabby also used to be one, and it's just um, I hate to be this person, but there's more horses, and there's better horses usually. <laughs> Don't buy pretty. Yeah. pretty yeah. Color wise. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Buy like safe and sound. Sane. Sane. Sane sound. Yeah. And another thought um, is, to, uh, or maybe. And another question you could ask is, um, is it current on vaccinations? Does it have a valid Coggins test on on file? And the the Coggins is a different discussion for a different day. But yeah. in our world right now, does it have one? And also, please get a PPE, which is a pre-purchase exam by yes. like a trusted vet.
0: 100%. I push PPEs. That has to happen. Um. And you'll also know if you ask the seller if they mind if you do a PPE beforehand, you'll know right there. If they're not willing to let you do a PPE, then just absolutely say thank you for your time and walk out and run for the hills. Yes. Yes. Um yeah cuz you definitely don't want to be buying a horse off of backyard Becky that doesn't keep up on her stuff and and these horses look like trash. You might think I can save it and it'll you know and and there's people that do it and there's miraculous stories out of it, but we're we're not talking about them today. We're talking about beginners getting into it. You do, you'll save yourself so much heartache and headache and money. <laughs> yeah. If you just Look for what you want and get what you want. Yeah,
1: definitely ask for the PPE. Um, And I, it's not like a deal breaker. I would say if they're, if the horse isn't current on vaccines and Coggins, like if it's just in a back, like someone's pasture in their house, like their yard, they really, I mean, you, you kind of want vaccines, but you can always get them. Um, But that's just something to note is like, they're not current on anything but if they go, yeah, you can definitely do a PPE, then definitely do the PPE and see how it comes out. And if it's fine, then just get them home and get them vaccinated and it'll be okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that's just, it's just a note. Like, it basically tells you how much do they upkeep these horses. Right. That information.
0: And you have the one-off scenarios where it is a nice horse, the daughter or whatever kid got out of riding mm-hmm. And it's just sat for a couple years, and they're now venturing into selling it because the kid's gotten out of it. There's situations like that where I wouldn't be like, oh, it's a red flag that you don't have its vaccines, Yeah, you, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's it's one-off things like that where you can kind of go, okay, like, I'll just have a vet come out, check it out, do the PPE, and then, yeah, go, go from there. Go ahead.
2: And what about... Um Uh, I hear a lot uh, when people are selling horses about, oh, this horse is registered, it's registered, it has papers. What does that mean? I don't understand. Such a good question.
0: That is a really good question. (laughs) We need Vicky. (laughs) Yes. So, okay. Awesome question. It all depends on if you want to do breed shows. So if you want to show in that horse's specific breed, and that association puts on shows, or you're getting into breeding, and you're trying to, you know, produce the best of the best, right? So that's when we worry about registries and papers. And it does typically mean that your horse is worth a little bit more than the average Joe horse that's not papered. So... Then we get into the things like thoroughbreds and standard breads. Typically, they're all papered and they're all registered because they're race horses and they're typically bred and made to do so. You've got some that aren't that never hit the track or things like that, but um, yeah. So warm bloods, they they all get um, they get. Like, they go to what's called, like, a curing for the Frisians and things. Or they go to a, uh, it's basically like, why can't I find the word? An evaluation. So, they- they, there's there's different, like, phases. So, all the different breeds and all their different stuff. They've got, like, eye bop and different different evaluations. But typically, you know, people from their country, like the Dutch, and, and they'll come over and to the u.s with the horses that were imported or that were breeding here um and this is just warm blood specific sport horse if you will they'll evaluate them they'll put a you know a a mark on them basically of where they evaluated them on the scale um and then whether it's a stallion mare whatever then you have that status on top of that horse so then there's another you know tick in there and markup in their price basically
1: but they're still worth something even without the evaluation absolutely
0: yeah. yeah absolutely they're just not worth that little bit more that little extra couple thousand more you know yeah
1: and if you don't plan on showing the horse It doesn't need to be registered. It doesn't really say anything about the horse's worth other than if you wanted to show it or breed it, like Gabby said. You can also show it locally at, like, open shows. You don't need to show registration paperwork at open shows.
0: 100%. Um, You don't have to have a registered horse for dressage. Yeah, it does not have to be papered, anything like that. That is your training and, and what you can do with it.
1: I find it more f- a little more fun sometimes to do the local shows because like you can name your horse whatever you want to name it. <laughs> We've made up a lot of really fun show names. We had Lots two halflingers really we took to a show called, we called them spaghetti and Meatballs.
0: Yes yes because it didn't matter it doesn't no. yeah it doesn't matter.
1: Um, so yeah, it doesn't I think it's way overvalued.
0: Yes 100 percent pa- registration
1: paperwork Also it's kind of a scam you have to pay to register. And yeah. then if you buy a like if you buy a horse that's already registered, you have to pay to transfer the name. Yes, it's a whole thing. Yes,
0: in some, in some registries.
1: Okay, that's fair. I had to pay for Fabio. He was my gypsy vanner. I had to pay to
0: when you switched it over. Yeah, some registries though, when the baby pops out, they're just if it's by both registered parents, mm-hmm. it's just registered.
1: No, I'm talking about ownership of the of the human. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. You have to pay. You have to pay and transfer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so the, the woman who just bought Fabio, if she wants to register him, she has to pay the Gypsy Vanners Horse Society 50 bucks or whatever to switch it to her name from my name.
2: Oh. Okay, just going back to the beginner, um, what um, in terms of riding skills and handling skills for the first-time horse owner to purchase a, a, a horse... What do you think is the minimum requirements, or what do you think I- to keep them safe, and and also have a a happy experience and journey in in taking ownership of a first time horse? Hmm. It's a complicated question.
0: Yeah, that is a complicated question and a complicated answer. So, so in terms of of keeping the beginner safe with their new horse. Yeah. Um, I would say I would hope the trainer or whoever you're trusting in uh, would have already taught you that by this point. Um, just general how to be safe around a horse and where to put your feet at the right times and where to maybe be at the right times and at the wrong times kind of thing. Um, Yeah, so handling stuff, whatever horse you get Either it needs to be your trainer says, listen, I know I can get a handle on this thing within, you know, a couple months. It just needs a brush up or a tune up or something. And then and then you're going to be ready for lessons on it. I've done that actually a few times with clients um, because I was just like, "Eh, they're just a little too much horse for you right now. But they're not. I know they're not going to be once they get back into a flow of work or something. So there's that. Um, But I would just say trust in your trainer or whoever's working with you. And they'll they'll let you know when it's time that you can really get hands on with that horse or you purchase a horse that's perfect for you and you hit the ground running.
1: Yeah, you should already know the basics if you're purchasing a horse, for sure. um, it, just the basics of handling a sane horse that's going to take care of you and you just need to know what to do. Um, and yeah, exactly what Gabby said is true. It's also hard on like the timeline of how long you should wait, because I mean, I bought Gracie my first year of riding, but I had been riding like 20 plus hours a week for most of that time. So like I was around horses on horses, messing with horses for every bit of every second I was riding or I mean, ever since I started pretty much. So for me, I it was it was appropriate and Gracie already knew her. Bought her right from the place where I was taking lessons. Um, She's an old lesson horse. Like, she was fine. Um, But a lot of people don't get that much experience in their first year. Um, So it really just depends on how comfortable you are with horses. Because also some people learn quickly. And you can get something done in 10 lessons versus someone else that takes 100. I mean, that's true. So it's really just think to yourself maybe, do I know how to lead a horse safely? If a horse oversteps and they do something I don't like, how do, do I know how to correct it? Do I know someone that can help me correct it? Um, yeah, if you have a horse that's just pushy or doesn't want to stand or is just kind of testing you, do you know how to put it in its place, for lack of a better way to say it? And if the answer is I'm not sure, you might not want to be buying a horse or you want to be buying a horse and keeping it with a trusted person or trainer that can help you.
2: Can you talk about instructors or trainers who you've been working with? Say you've been taking lessons, and um, you know, and you've pr- been progressing. You can walk, you can trot now. You're working on the canter, and you're thinking, "Oh, now I'd really like my own horse that I can, I can have some connection with instead of uh, riding the lesson horses." Um And hopefully you've got a good relationship with your instructor. But there are also instructors and trainers out there that push horses to sell to you. When you know you, like instinctively you don't have those skills, you don't have that skill set yet, but they keep pushing, oh, this horse would be good, this horse would be good. I mean, can you talk a little bit about how you would go about that?
0: Um, so how I would go about that is if you've built a good relationship with who you're working with and they genuinely tell you, you know, I think this would be a good fit for you. Um, it's a catch 22 because I say a lot of that. I'm like, this would be a good horse for you if you can just get your shit together in a sense. (laughs) It's a common phrase around here. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. So, um, but it's because I genuinely see the potential. um, And I'm not going to set my clients or students up for failure. Um, But I would say it's generally a red flag if you have someone just pushing, pushing, pushing a horse on you, um, that you, you don't feel comfortable with. And I would say just have that hard conversation. Maybe just be like, I don't feel comfortable with this horse. Um, they do X, Y, and Z. And that makes me, you know, uneasy and um, if they're worth their salt they'll be like hey well I I didn't realize you had an issue with that you know I totally get it let's look at something else Mm -hmm. Um, or if they keep shoving it down your throat then I would just be like forget it
1: (laughs) yeah do they take no for an answer It's a good question it's a hard one like everything Gabby said I agree with I would say trust your gut if you're with somebody and they're really pushing it and you are agreeing with them, okay, go for it, you know. And especially if you have a, you know, I'm going to keep it here with them and we're going to do all these amazing things together, sure. But if it's just, uh, that eh, just a- acknowledge that feeling because your body's telling you something. Yeah, I'd say protect your pocketbook. Horse people are scamming and uh, scamming, horse people are scammers. And we know of people that had trusted trainers. I'm saying that with air quotes that sold them horses that they thought would be great fits. And now it didn't work out. And now we know the horse was actually not as good and the trainer was not as good as everyone believed. That's just a hard line.
0: Yeah, it's really hard. And as a beginner coming in, you're very hopeful that you're with the right people Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's such a discussion for another time, but it's incredibly difficult to find a good, genuine horse person that's not just out for your money.
1: Yeah. A big. Part of that, I would say, is because the industry isn't regulated really at all. So really any Joe Schmo could call themselves a trainer or an instructor. And yeah, like Gabby said, it's a discussion for a different day because it is so loaded. It's
0: very loaded.
1: For the sake of this, let's assume good intentions. Say the person coming with you to get the horse, the person who's going to help you with the horse, is trusted, does know everything they say they know, and, um, and yeah.
0: Yeah. Then I would say, yeah, if they're cool with it, they think it's going to be a good fit. You rode the horse, your trainer rode the horse, Mm -hmm. you know, the seller rode the horse first (laughs) Um, and you want to go for it. I would say go for it. Yeah, exactly. So when life gets a little hairy, just add more leg.